Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I'm really excited to have William Stickevers back on the show. William is a world-renowned astrologist. He has vast knowledge of both real-world circumstances and spiritual truths. William counsels his clients with expertise few astrologers have on the economy and how it affects the client, psychology, the subconscious, and the psyche, metaphysical and personal growth, and effective strategy according to the client's natal chart transits and economic environment. Welcome back to the program, William. Uh, thank you for having me again. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, I was just, we were talking about before I, I hit the record button about how I've listened to so many of William's interviews and I think you have to be one of the most well-versed <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know a lot about everything. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you, Marla. So. I really appreciate that compliment. But, you know, I'm just scratching the surface, I feel every time, yes. you know, and I just have to go deeper down that rabbit hole to come up with those answers and solutions right. and perspective, especially in these challenging times. Right, right. Well, I, what's so um, interesting about your background is that before you became an astrologist, as we talked about in your last interview, that you had a computer consulting business and you were also, you're also a concert musician. So, um, so very impressive. So anyway, let's just jump right into it. Um, first of all, today, I want to talk a little bit about you. You use the term archetypal cosmology view um, I've heard you say that quite a bit in your other interviews. Can you explain what that means and how it fits into astrology? Well, I'll do my best. I mean, we could do a whole six hour presentation and dissertation on the basic tenets of the arch archetypal cosmology, but or the hypothesis, I should say, theory of archetypal cosmology is that we live in a cosmos that is pervasively informed and integrated through the active presence of an invisible ordering principle that operates throughout the underlying matrix of all creation. Uh, if you look back all the way to the founding, to the Western Greek at the time of Pythagoras, at the time of the first axial alignment in around 586 BC, there was uh, an emergence of a number of, of what we would call today world religions. There was a massive paradigm shift, and we see the emergence of Judaism, Buddhism, Western philosophy. We see Confucianism. All of these different belief systems emerge. And what was the, um, the, the essential tenet? Or, or there was consensus among the various different philosophers, both in the East and the West, is that we live in a universe that is 
pervade it with cosmological agents that act as intelligence, intelligent organizing principles of both the psyche, right, of right, personal psyche of <laughs> the world and of the cosmos itself. And these cosmological agents are archetypal in nature and not only represent our deepest patterns of psychic functioning, our own psychology, our own construct of reality, but determine how our reality is perceived, how our reality is created, how our reality is interpreted, and how we invest meaning. In other words, these archetypal agents are intelligent and, and provide meaning or help form and inform meaning in terms of what we experience. So the universe essentially is a living conscious organism, extremely intelligent, evolving, right? And is co-participating, a co-participatory mystique, a a great mystery of where every entity, living, non-living, is all different variations of consciousness that are evolving. And the way this relates to astrology is that the planets are alive. They are conscious just as much as we are, but in a different way. And that they are in, they are symbolically indicative of the cosmological state, right? Of the archetypal forces of that particular period or time, say for instance, when one's born or say for instance, with what's happening now in the world, when we look at the particular alignments that have basically invoked a very powerful paradigm shift in general crisis. So the planets, right, from the perspective, from this type of perspective, this cosmological archetypal perspective, indicate, all right, that they, they augur, right, and they form and inform, all right, our world, our experience, and um, again, the fact that astrology, astrology not only seems to work, but there's massive synchronicities and correlations between planetary movements, human behavior, uh, uh, geopolitical events, natural events, mundane events, weather, etc. right? This simply suggests that the cosmic order, the cosmic order is much more profound and pervasive and integrated in our current scientific paradigm of understanding or the conventional belief systems that have been passed down in our education system or what we have assumed, right? So, right. Wow. So, mm-hmm. so that's really what the archetypal perspective is, is really understanding that cosmos and psyche are both one and the same, all right? Right. Well, it speaks of really quantum physics, what you're just talking about now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So there's really some underlying unity of correspondences yes. between celestial and terrestrial, between mind and matter, between inner and outer, between psyche and cosmos, all right, that are inescapably related and radically integrated. And, and that's a big leap. A lot of people, you know, when they first hear it, they resist it. But once they come to understand it, everything begins to make sense especially yes. when we, we, because it begin, we begin to reframe how we look at life, how mm-hmm, we look at the universe definitely. and how we look at God. Right. How do you look at God? 
Well, I look at God as the primary archetype, right? The primary archetype, the source, right? The primary source of all existence of this cosmological order comes mm-hmm. from the God archetype, right? So God is both, you know, um, if we could look at God from a more archetypal perspective, then rather, rather than an anthropomorphic perspective, like, you know, he's a white male with a white beard, you know, and, and, and he sits on some throne. If we can understand God that understand God from that perspective, right. That, that the actual universe, the universe itself is an instance, right. Of the archetypal divine nature, just like we, our souls is an instance of God, of the instance of the divine nature of God. We're all gods in the making. The universe is in essence, a cosmology of divinity in the making that's evolving, that's growing, that's intelligent, that forms and informs our experience for our advancement and the universe needs us just like God needs us in order to provide it meaning and purpose. Right. Wow. Well said, William. And, and it's interesting because I think that many people, well, I think some, this is just too heavy yet. It's so important. You are right. When I jumped into all, all of this, everything I talk about on this podcast, I look at life so differently now. And it's, it's really exciting and heart opening and, and all kinds of different things. So, so today I want to talk about what's, what's coming up, what's coming up in the future. And I know you say that this time on earth will, when looked back upon in the future will be one of the greatest transformations in history. So, um, First of all, do you, do you believe that there's a paradigm shift towards thinking more quantum physics, physics-like versus materialistic views as in scientific that the Western civilization has been like? And if you do think that, how's that going to look? And, and what's, what's going on right now with the virus and what it represents? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, <laughs> a number of big subjects, but to, yes. to distill it, it, what we're down to is the fact that um, one of the things about astrology is it, one of the principles is archetypal synchronistic resonance, ASR, and it basically supports a panpsychist system, a panpsychism or panpsychist system of the cosmos that views that consciousness is a universal and primordial feature of all things. And this very much supports uh, the process of Jungian individuation, the, pro- the Jungian process mm-hmm. of individuation, right? The drive to become distinct, more complete, more integrated self as we unfold in life, as we self-actualize, right? And this also supports the theory of this unis mundus, this concept of deeper underlying unified reality where everything emerges and to which everything returns. So the idea here is that this, this, the universe is evolving and growing, and we can see how these major alignments, this, particularly these outer planetary alignments that uh, occur, uh, you know, over, um, they, when they occur over a 600, 800 year period, and they reoccur, we see dramatic shifts. We see an archetypal sim- 
uh, synchronistic resonance in terms of dramatic paradigm shifts that are occurring in the sciences, in the arts, in the culture, in uh, that are transformational, um, socially, culturally, politically, economically, everything is in a shift. Now, going back, the sciences have far outstripped, like what we learn in remedial school, what we learn in high school, even, even college, far out for like science, you know, quantum physics, string theory uh, has far exceeded the, the rational um, Descartes, you know, the world that the very, uh, the pragmatic Newtonian Descartes world that right. we've grown. So, so we have to understand that the, that the current scientific paradigm has far exceeded and stripped out our current establishment culture right? Just like the fact that Bitcoin, right, is this emergence of this new form of currency, right? This new form of currency is made the current fiat fractional reserve lending system, right? That was established during the postmodern era, 19, mm -hmm. and around 1945 on, has now superseded it. And now the world is rapidly moving to a new form of money, a new form of finance, a new form of commerce that is more equal, much more libertarian. It uh, uh, is not centralized, is distributed, right? Where price discovery mechanisms that are universal are now happening uh, democratically rather than a central bank control type of system, central government control type of system. So we're seeing like, systems right now in sciences, in technology, in culture, far leaping, making leaps and bounds, all right? right? And this correlates with these outer planetary alignments that I've been talking about for a number of years now. A lot of astrologers knew, hey, these alignments are going to be occurring starting in 2017. Oh, what happened in 2017? Donald Trump got elected. Mm, big surprise. Meaning that the planets want someone like a Donald Trump there to be a disruptive political agent to basically shift us into a new paradigm, not going back to Obama, not going back to Bush, not going back to the old ways. There, there's a disruptive element being put into all the positions of powers. I mean, you have all these type of Trump nationalists, right? All over the, all these emerging. This was not, this was not, a one-off event that CNN basically tries to sort of cover up for. This is part of a massive major paradigm shift. So you need the right people in place to become the disruptors of an old dying system. And the people who have benefited the most, those who were born between, let's say, you know, the late thirties uh, and early forties, right? Well, certainly, certainly from late thirties up into the late fifties, that particular generation has benefited the most from that system, right? Are the ones most vulnerable to the transition. In essence, we have done is created an unsustainable and untenable world. And that is the wow. real core of the crisis. And the archetypal synchronistic resonance is revealing that through revelations, disturbing revelations that we have been having ongoing since 2017 on, unabated in every sector in every way right and everything is triggering the next thing that's triggering the next thing to bring everything into a certain level of convergence so that we that will invoke a psycho-spiritual death rebirth which is what we call an x event and these x events have occurred in history in the past and we are 
now ripe for one right now. Right. So what does that, um, what does that mean when you say a psycho spiritual death and rebirth? Like what's, what's happened historically when the planets have aligned like this? Well, to give you an example, uh, there's a number of examples where we had uh, major alignments occur uh, at the time of the bubonic plague, which invoked the, which ended the feudal system, which was the predominant economic system worldwide, the feudal system, feudal lords, kings, vassals. And so that whole system got destroyed. It was replaced mm. by a mercantile system. The, the church, right, which had control of, of all books, all thinking. I mean, uh, you could write uh, the educational systems for the lack thereof got completely lost its power. There was a breakup of the church. There was a, there was a reformation that occurred we saw the, the ending of medieval fiefdoms and kingdoms and the emergence of nation states. We saw the end of medieval thinking, medieval philosophy, and the emergence of humanities and science, right? The scientific revolution and the humanities mm-hmm. began. That was a renaissance. We saw the ending of, um, uh, we saw the beginning of the exploration, right? Where we had a, uh, we had a Eurocentric worldview. And then you, be, you saw the, explorations of um of uh, a number of uh, like columbus and um i'm trying to remember the other ones but they all started around that time all started so the bubonic plague hit 50 60 percent of the world population when was was lost in a very short amount of time and that was the psycho spiritual death right and the rebirth would be the renaissance to follow but we had to have that transformation right and that's uh, that's probably, I could give you others, right? There's others, but that's one I think that can strike close to comb uh, relative to what's happening now with COVID. Right. So what, um, this transformation that's going to take place, I mean, do you, looking astrological, and I know that you're a medium and, you know, you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of talents and skills, <laughs> <laughs> but what do you um, see in the future, how this tramp, how the world will look different in a psycho-spiritual way? Well, you know, I think we're having, okay, so you go through several processes. So like one of my issues with the New Age movement, even though it was galvanized by Ronis Pluto alignments in the 60s that got, um, that started the, really, really was galvanized reinterest in metaphysics and Eastern philosophy and, you know, the hippies and, and, and experimentation and, 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 and psychedelics that actually help people become more creative and have authentic personal breakthroughs. Yes, there was a shadow side to that, but there was a tremendous creative period that came from that period. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, is that, 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 you know, that type of metaphysical paradigm that predominated that period all the way into, let's say, early into the early 21st century, right? has been very good, but what it's done is it repressed the shadow elements, the shadow side of, of, of things. So what I'm getting at here is that the, one of the things is that uh, there's a sense that if I go through enlightenment, if, I, if I'm committed to the paradigm shift, right, we're basically, um, right, there's no pain, there's no suffering. There's actually, mm-hmm. but see, the path to enlightenment is not an easy path. And the path to getting us to become a sustainable, what physicists would call a type one civilization, we're right now a type zero civilization, to trend, make that big 
transition is going to require a crisis, right? That often will lead to some type of decline or death, followed by a rebirth, followed by a transformation, I should say, then a rebirth, and then a renaissance. And we're at the tail end of that decline. And we are like on, we're like on the deathbed right now. We're right now on the deathbed, right? We're in hospice. We're hours away from, from, from the moment of wow. actual so physical death, right? And then we're going to have that transformation, and, right? And then when that transformation occurs, then we'll be on the path to rebirth. So we're that close. Wow. Interesting. So what, what else is, is coming up in the future? Just go for it. When you give your predictions, um, I'm especially interested socially and culturally. And you, you mentioned enlightenment. So I'm assuming that you are well-versed like you are in almost everything Buddhism. And I always think, like to think that it would be wonderful if there were more bodhisattvas in the right. world, you know, helping, helping others. That would be great if that was the transformation of us right. giving. Well, that's service. a very idealistic, right? There's a very idealistic. Yeah, I've been told right? I'm very right. idealistic. Yeah, right, right, right. And I, I get it. I get it. Don't, don't get me wrong. But that's not all, that's not the role all of us are supposed to are, are here to play. And right, so right. what we're seeing now is before you have any type of spiritual enlightenment, even the Buddha went through a very dark phase before, right? Yes. Right, right, right. You know the story, right? Christ had to go on the cross. I mean, you could look at all the different stories in, in the history of religion. There was a death rebirth. And what we're seeing now is with this triple alignment that occurs every 600 years. And last time it occurred 600 years, right? We had a dramatic social cultural transformation. So right now, themes of fate and destiny, right? They're going to see, we're seeing uh, a proliferation of populism and extreme politics. We're seeing um, uh, a collective themes of dramatic rise and fall to power, right? Nations, corporations, institutions. You know, if you would have said to me, not to me, but if you would have said to most anyone else, hey, Hertz Rent-A-Car is going to be out of business, uh, along with a number of other massive major corporations that were considered too big to fail are now going out of business for good. This is all part of the collective theme of the breakdown before we have that transition. You're seeing themes of political power and influence, themes of uh, high drama and international intrigue. Look what's happening with us in China. We're going to see more of the globalization, intensification of different, uh, the currency wars, the trade wars, the economic wars, technology wars between world powers intensify. Dramatic geopolitical shifts resulting in titanic power struggles. We're seeing that with China and uh, with some other countries now. And we're seeing like these are all the events, these sort of like dark night of the soul events that are going to transition us. Events in one region of the globe will have an almost overnight effect on another, like we saw with COVID, right? This transition, right, right, from an industrial nation-state civilization to a global technological civilization is all what I see coming very fast. And it's coming very, very fast. And a lot of the systems that people have been dependent on, like pension systems going bust, a lot of a lot of wealth transfer is going to occur in the forthcoming months, all part of this breakdown. And then the money system will change. The, the, the manufacturing infrastructure will change. All of these things are going to change. We're going to be going 
from depression to robots to AI to rockets, and we're going to transition to another Roaring Twenties on steroids, right? But it's going to be a different wow. world, a drastically different world. Yeah. But do do you feel that it's going to be, or may maybe, you know, you see the transformation, but not really. Well, I'll just ask the question. Um, is it going to be better? I mean, more sustainable, more environmentally conscious, more, you know, community oriented and all of that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I see that. I mean, all these transformations, was Europe a better place after the Black Death and Renaissance? Was it a better place? Was it a place that gave birth to at least the, the basically the, the birth of the nation state, the birth, the birth of the educational system, the birth of the uh, mercantile exchange system, all the basic fundamental things that we uh, of civilization, of modern civilization occurred, right? During that transformational event in history, right? Mm-hmm. Now that paradigm has lived itself out, out with the old, in with the new. So we're going to see you know, the emergence of like clean energy, electric vehicles. I'm not just talking cars. I'm talking planes, buses, submarines, you name it. Wow. We're going all electric because the energy, the fossilized, the fossil fuel industry is coming to an end, all right? That, that is not a sustainable industry to begin with. And it's very untenable for our, uh, for the health, for the atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? And for, for, for global population. So it's have, so you're going to have see big data and robots come online much faster than, you know, a lot of people are going to get their tonsils out. Kids are going to say, kids, you know, they'll be like the day of like going to get in surgery from a surgeon is going to be something passe, right? Are we talking like in 10 years or? In 10 years, in 10 or- years. In 10, wow. years, no, 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 it's not 20. This is 10 years. So whatever took 50 years to occur, so like take the world from 1950 to 2020. Just take, take, take a roughly that 70-year period, yeah. right? And compress it in 10. Compress it in 10, and that's what we have. So I'll give you an idea how this dress, this drastic, this is going to be, right? Because I keep talking about, you know, uh, wireless, uh, electric. Uh, I'm talking about powered flight where, you know, you have, uh, you take a taxi, Uber, and it, it lands in your driveway, right, from the air and picks you up and it's robotic. It pick, like, this is the type of thing where you can commute, right, over 500 miles within a short amount of time. It's like the Jetsons. Like the Jetsons. You may not <laughs> own one, but you, you don't need to. You can rent one. You can just get on your iPhone, hit it, boom, done, all right? And, and see, this type of world we're moving towards, but the infrastructure of that world has to first be put in place. And that's what's happening now. And as the old infrastructure, as the old banking system, as the old way of making money, right? The old way of generating income and all those models, like look at the movie, movie industry, the box office model is collapsing. Hollywood's gonna right. have to, is going through its own death and transformation. No one's gonna go back to movie theaters after COVID. I can, I'll bet a billion dollars on that, all right? Wow. So, so here's the thing. What you're getting at is like, when is this all happening? It's happening now. Because think about this. What percentage of Americans had a telephone, a radio, and a car in their driveway in the United States? I'm just talking the U.S. in 1920. What percentage? Take a guess. In 1920? 1920 had all three of those things. Um, 2%? Uh, it was a little higher, right? But it was under 10%. It was around 10%, yeah. 9, 9, 10%, right? Depending on what source. By 1930, what percentage? 
Oh gosh, 60? 90, 89.7. See, so if you would have said to someone, to the average person in downtown Wichita, you know, like Kansas and said, you know, in 10 years, you're going to have a car, a phone, a radio in your, at your home. And they would say, what are you talking about? Right. Absolutely. Half of them don't even know what it is, right. What we're talking about. Yeah. So that type of world. Now, what if I told you that yeah, that was a dramatic shift, right? What if I told you it's going to be even more extreme right. by 2030, more extreme. What do you think this does to organized religion and the possibility or the transformation of becoming just more spiritual and accepting one another and just just being more spiritual and believing i know that your world really is believing the quantum physics but most of the people i know don't even know the definition of quantum physics so do you think there's going to be a shift there too where mo more of the world is is i guess becoming more spiritual without well that's a, that's a big that's a loaded word what does spiritual mean yeah, exactly. As I was saying that, exactly. Well, I guess instead, I guess instead of being so, so like, if I'm Christian, you know, if you if you believe in Jesus or if you don't, and that sort of thing. Okay, so here's the deal. That is already crumbling right now. Why? Back right. in 2017, the New York Times released the videos of those Pentagon. Right, the Pentagon's released the video to the New York Times about the ufos programs being funded to do research and to back engineer the technology so there's there's that this was confirmed again this year by the trump white house trump is definitely green lighting all of this disclosure now why is that significant well a they're here b they are an issue for the u.s military and obviously all militaries around the world particularly ours and number three that basically the whole paradigm that right god right we are the children of god we are the ultimate uh we're the ultimate uh we're at the top of the creation pyramid right we right. are the ultimate purpose and reason for god's existence our salvation is connected to god's uh purpose plan is completely now in jeopardy meaning the major religions of the world have an existential crisis because they have been basically tripling down that there are no UFOs, along with the government, along with academia, along with everyone else of an authority saying, there's nothing to this and now it's all coming out. And right. now it's more revelations are gonna come out. So the whole idea of religion, at least establishment religion, is, is and, and you can ask, anybody, ask anyone under the age of 40, do you believe in ETs? Yes. Do you think ETs are more advanced than humans? Absolutely. Do you think they're here? Absolutely. Do you think they've been abducting us and doing some general? Absolutely. Do you think there, there's some plan that they have for humanity? Absolutely, right? Okay, here's the thing. Then that means government and God and religion, right, don't factor into that. There is right. no way. So this is the big issue religion is falling away look what's no one's going to church anymore yeah right yeah yeah but you say you say that about if you want to call god or the source or the light i mean there's still obviously you know the cosmos and the universe and so there's still in a way is that source and that light we just think that we're that we always thought we were the only little ones being kind of 
watched over and taken care of. Right. So there is a God, there is a cosmology, there's an order, there's a cosmological order of powers and dominions and all of that. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it is far beyond any advanced civilization, no matter how advanced they are in this universe, no matter what level of technology or consciousness, they're still contained. If, if they're in this universe or one of the multiverses, they're still not of that divine order. I mean, God would, or the dominion or God, because it goes beyond that, is far any, above any of that. But that right, being said, right. it doesn't diminish it. It makes us realize that our understanding of God is based on a 5,000-year-old book, based on 5,000-year-old operating system book, all right, that has served us well more or less, but is no longer valid for going forward. So what would you use as the word, as the over, I mean, there's something bigger than all of us, whether you're ET, you're a, what, what word would you use for that something that is bigger than all of us? Well, I see the emergence of a world religion. And this is something that Carl Jung talked about back in 1914 mm -hmm. to 1917, when he went through his red book period. And one of the things when you do a deep dive in a red book is he talks about the emergence of a new Godhead, the, the evolution of the archetypal Godhead that God reveals in his, in his um, revelations, in his, um, that, that we can only understand cosmology and God and the divine and the construct and the cosmos based on where our current evolutionary, cosmological, and consciousness is at. And now with these planetary mm -hmm. alignments, that's shifting and accelerating very quickly. So they're going to still be people out there. Still go to church. Still think I'm going to get. I'm going to do my confession. Get my act of contrition done. Go yeah. right. Send money to the Pope and and make a, a right. So they're going to do that. There's going to be those group, but that group is going to be smaller and smaller. And you're going to see the entire generation of people born from 1960 in particular, right? Generate. They're moving very quickly to this new, not knowing it, but to this new global religion like like the internet it's a global communication system right yeah. right we have global operating systems in finance global operating systems on computers we don't have a global belief system yet but we are moving there much faster than anyone thinks and and this planetary alignment this crisis and remember et is part of this crisis the right. et revelation is just as much as part of this crisis as covid right and what that's going to do is going to shake up the authoritarian, patriarchal, ossified belief systems that has sort of been holding this world together. And we're going to have that break point where you're either going to be part of where we're going or you're going to be still stuck in the past and living out the rest of your life, right? Playing right. out. Well, William, do you believe that? I mean, I've read quite a bit about ETs and um, UFO, um, UFOs and I've, you don't think they, they're coming, I mean, I've studied that they're actually here to help us, not to do bad stuff, if you will. Well, there's, there's, there's two arguments. Yeah, There's, yeah, there's compelling course. arguments, compelling testimony from people, both within the government, that say the same thing, saying, hey, they're here to help us, and there's certain groups that are, uh, that are very aggressive and antagonistic, right. and there is, so... I believe there's a bigger issue going on. I think the U.S. has a space force that's very advanced and developed and out there in a solar system and maybe beyond. I can't prove it, but 
there is enough compelling evidence, there's enough smoking guns, and there's enough whistleblowers that are now saying this, and that we do have an ongoing low-grade conflict with a particular extraterrestrial species. Not all of them, but a particular one. Interesting. Interesting. So um, we need to wrap it up here, but wow, so much to not just to think about, to go research and study, but um, I do have one more question. You talk about technology and globalization and the internet. What about our really poor and um, that, you know, I work in, in Ethiopia and, and see a lot of poverty, but very, very happy people. What happens to them when they can't get a computer or they can't, are they just going to be like left behind? No, they're not. Actually, Bitcoin, everyone's going to have an iPhone or I don't mean iPhone, but everyone's going to have a mobile phone. All right. People in Ethiopia, people in Kenya right now have a mobile phone, have a Bitcoin account. They have access to and a mobile phone. As long as they have an internet connection, which is now being provided for, you're going to see a massive catch up where the third world will finally be integrated. Centralized banking system and an obsolete economic model that is creating not only poverty in Ethiopia, but look at the level of poverty in the United States because we have two parties that no longer operate in the world that we now live in. And yet we have voters who still insist in believing, if I vote Democrat, I vote Republican, this is what I'm going to get. It's absolutely, totally disconnected. So this technology, this technological revolution, it's part of this major paradigm shift, this geopolitical shift is basically going to empower, all right, the, the struggling, right, the, the, the social injustice and the class struggle that we're seeing that's been ongoing, right, and this massive social injustice and wealth inequality on the global global scale. And we're going to see more equal distribution of wealth, but there will be a crisis. We'll see a collapse of the banking system. We'll see a collapse of the Federal Reserve. We'll see a collapse of the the taxation system that's so unfair that is basically creating massive social injustice and wealth inequality. How how long do you think this this virus is going to keep going and when we're going to be able to start moving forward? Right. So based on the planetary alignments, when they came into formation, they started coming into formation late around November, December, and then in November, December, 2019. So based on the alignments, it looks like we're going to have an 18 month crisis. So if you do the math, it's around May of June, 2021, before the third wave is complete. In every epidemic we've had, right, we've always had a second wave that's been more virulent than the first wave. If you go back 2000 years and we always had a less virulent third wave. So I see a second wave, the September, October, November, then a third wave sometime around February, March, and then it begins to subside after. Right, interesting. So I guess the loaded question is, um, who's gonna be president? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should save that for another episode, shouldn't we? Sure. I think that might be a good idea. <laughs> I guess the question is, do you, have an, do you have an answer? Oh, I absolutely have an answer. I absolutely have an answer. So I think that the problem right now is, is that we have 
essentially um, we have a, a, a there's actually a split in the body politic of America. And this is the end of the two-party system. This, this election represents the beginning of the final end, actually started four years ago, of the two-party system. Wow. That, and that's, to me, that's a really good thing. That's a great thing. Uh, yeah. But nobody sees it in the moment. They think, everybody thinks this is a, this is the, you know, this is like, you know, the two-party system is getting its second win. But the fact that Trump, I'll just put this out, whether you love him, you hate him or whatever, he's not a Republican, all right? You don't see Mitch McConnell loving him. You don't see Nancy Pelosi loving him because he's not a Democrat. He's his own disruptive Trumpzilla force, right? And right. he does what he does, right? And here's the thing is that he represents the great disruptor, the great disruptor of, of the system itself. So you're seeing a split and you're seeing extreme politics, extreme partisan politics, right, as a result of this. So the question you need to ask yourself, is this going to stop and we go back to what we used to have or is this going to continue? Right. Mm. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Well, William, thank you so much for coming on the show again. <laughs> I have to meet you in person. <laughs> you are just so interesting. Um, if people want to find you, how would they do that? Yeah, they can find me on my website, williamstickovers.com. They can find me. Um, I have a blog as well. So if they go to williamstickovers.com, they can go to my membership. They can go to my blog. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Twitter, so I'm everywhere, just William Stickovers, right. and you'll find me there, and I'm open to everybody's questions and insights and commentary. And, and for my listeners, William does all sorts of consultations. I mean, financial, prenatal birth chart, I've had two readings from him, and they just blew my mind. They were so right on and um, it, it was amazing. So thank you so much. You stay safe and have a great day. Well, Marla, it was a pleasure again. I look forward to our next discussion. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And you be Me safe too. out there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.